Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up next on the Liverboard Sailing Podcast. I think the the mental load of getting rid of stuff, like leading up to it, is stressful. And I think you need to mentally prepare yourself for that. I can honestly say, having done it a couple times now, that it is extremely liberating to get rid of stuff. And even stuff that you think you shouldn't get rid of, or maybe not, if there's a doubt, don't hesitate. Get rid of it. You will feel better after the fact. And it feels really good to go from a whole house worth of things to, you know, essentially uh, a storage unit worth of things. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Annika. On the Liverbird Sailing Podcast, I chat with awesome people who live, work, and travel on their sailboats. My guests are sharing inspiring stories and real-life advice about the lifestyle so that you and I can be better prepared for our sailing adventures. This week, I will take you to the Pacific Northwest to chat with a couple who have tried a few different forms of non-conventional living and, of course, now they live on their sailboat. And you'll know that this episode is from the Pacific Northwest as you can occasionally hear the ambient sound of seaplanes flying over. My guests are Danielle and Ryan from SV Bangaran, a professional couple who share their story of why they want to live their lives to the fullest with their little four-year-old. We talk about working from a sailboat and what Danielle and Ryan find challenging in this lifestyle. There's also a story about finding a free sailboat online, so we definitely cover a few topics on this one. Now here is my chat with Danielle and Ryan. All right, so Danielle and Ryan, um, let's get started with the basics. Uh, can you give a little introduction? Who are you? Where are you? And of course, tell us about your boat. We are Ryan and Danny, and our boat is the SV Bangarang, and we are in Seattle, Washington. It, it is a Sailmaster 47 uh, made by Gulf Star in 1979. All right, that is a perfect introduction. It's a lovely looking boat. I actually had to go online and Google it because I had not heard that or come across that often. So I had to go and uh, see that out, but it looks amazing. Yes, it's very spacious. 
So, Danielle, you mentioned to me earlier that your sailboat is your third non-conventional home after living in a tiny house and a shipping container house. And I am absolutely fascinated by tiny houses. And for the longest time, I wanted to move into one until I found out how difficult and kind of illegal it is to do <laughs> in Canada. But uh, before we get to all the sailing stuff and sailboats, uh, tell me, what has attracted you to non-conventional homes in the first place? Yeah, so... Um, just a little bit of our history. So we've been together for 15 years. And so I met him at 18. He was 19. We just a handful of years ago decided that we wanted to try and start having children. And so we got pregnant with our first son, Atlas, and uh, there were complications. And he passed away at three weeks old. Uh, and that was the moment where we decided that because he doesn't get to live his life, then we're going to live our life to the fullest. And that was within... A couple months after that, Ryan said, hey, do you want to live in a tiny house? And I was like, you know what? Why not? And uh, he had already been working on a trailer that he was converting into a camper. And he just switched up his plans and he built it into a tiny house instead. And that's how it all started. And then we decided, you know, we didn't want to have the cookie cutter, you know, life that we were, you know, you're taught as you're growing up in this country. That is the way to live. And so we did the tiny house until I got pregnant with our second son, Sky. Uh, and then obviously the tiny house was not going to work with a newborn. And that was about a one year. We lived in the yeah. tiny house for about a year. Yes. And we still have it. We have both of our, our other homes. Um, and so we purchased a 40 foot, uh, shipping container. And while I was pregnant, Ryan started the process of converting that, um, into a gorgeous, you know, home. We moved it out to his father's property in Arlington and, uh, Sky had complications with the second pregnancy as well. Sky was in the hospital for a month. Um, but then we came home to the container house and it was amazing. Uh, the only reason we moved out of it was because of work. My work was about two to two and a half hours away. That's each way. So with a newborn in the car, that was, uh, uh, it was not fun to say the least. And so we moved back, uh, closer to where we had been previously. And, um, and then the sailboat kind of, we just fell into, <laughs> yeah, we fell into the, the whole sailboat thing after that. Yeah, so basically what happened is after uh, after we moved back a little further south to get closer to work again, I was shopping for boat projects, not specifically sailboats, just something. We wanted to be out on the water somehow. So we were looking for something that was inexpensive, um, you know, solid bones, but maybe needed a little bit of work. And I fell upon this ad on Craigslist. And it was one of those ads that just seemed too good to be true. And I, I waited and waited and waited. And like a couple hours after I saw it, usually they, these things are gone. I called the guy up and it was an ad for a free boat. And I, I, I called him up and he's like, yeah, there, there is no catch, but it's first come, first serve. So the first person that gets out here that wants it is it's theirs. They can take it. I'm like, OK, well, at this point, I was I said, I'm, I'm all in. Let's let's leave work early. Um, I had to hop on a ferry to go see it. So I hopped on a ferry boat. Two hours later, I showed up uh, at the dock and uh, met the guy there. There was two people in front of me that were looking at the boat. So I kind of ruled it out of my head like, OK, this isn't going to happen. But it was a you know fun little adventure anyways. And uh, get out to the dock. And it's a, a nice little uh, Newport 28, which is uh, you know a great little weekend cruiser. And uh, the sails were new. It had a new little outboard. It was in you know good, sound, seaworthy shape. And so I was super excited, but obviously, you know, there's two people in front of me. Uh, the first guy uh, basically was like, yeah, this is not quite what I'm looking for. I need, you know, 
you know, I, I, I don't need another boat. I just saw that there was a free boat. I had to come look at it, but I've already got a boat. It's a little bigger than this. So it's not something I'm interested in. And the second guy that was looking at it, he, uh, he basically said something similar. He's like, yeah, I've got a, a big family. This isn't quite, you know, going to fit my needs. So, uh, so Ryan, you're up. Take it or leave it. And I said, I will absolutely take it. And then at that moment, we were owners of a sailboat. And it was completely by accident. I did not know he was getting a sailboat, by the way. He, he told me he was working late. And then he sent me pictures on his way home. And he's like, what do you think of this boat? Because he'd been doing that for days. And I was like, is this our boat? And he's like, this is our boat. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. What a journey to, to go through all of that. Like, well, first of all, so many people have reasons why they've gone off to sort of the non-traditional path. And, and yours is obviously originally more tragic than most. And then, but I fully relate to that feeling of wanting to live one's life to the fullest. And I think it's a really beautiful sentiment. And it sounds like in a very short amount of time, you've done a lot of things and you followed that path. And what a fun little thing to come home one day and be like, hey, I, I honey, I yeah. bought a boat. Yeah. And then, of course, her first question is, how much does that cost? And, you know, is a sense of panic in her voice. And I was like, didn't cost us anything. And then I was like, what's wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when I said nothing, it was like this overwhelming sense of relief. And, of course, we still had to pay for mortgage. So, you know, there's no such thing as a, a free boat necessarily. But, uh, yeah, the initial investment was zero and and from there, we just kind of added to it as we wanted to kind of upgrade it a little bit here and there. And then, uh, yeah, just moorage cost, which was not super expensive. And that was kind of the beginning of the, the sailboat adventure portion of our lives. So, yeah, that uh, having a free boat is obviously a pretty sweet deal. But I've heard few references now that, Ryan, you have built homes and you have fixed things up. So obviously, you must have some sort of a background that has given you the skills to, to allow you to do this. Yes, yes, I do. Um, for, for work, um, for many years, pretty much right out of high school, uh, I went into uh, more or less general contracting in some form or another. Um, started out as a heavy equipment operator. Did that for about 10 years off and on. Uh, more recently, I've been in uh, commercial property maintenance remodel TI work, uh, which lends itself well to all aspects of, of construction. So yeah, when it comes to, I kind of go into all projects with the mentality of no matter what it is, I can do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I can learn. So it's uh, that that kind of mindset has lent itself well to boat life and tiny house life and shipping container house life. And it's, uh, yeah, it's been a, a lot of fun and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's, it's something I have fun doing. And you mentioned earlier that kind of the reason why you started to think about sailboat and, and living on a sailboat was, Danielle, for your job, so that that would make it a little bit easier. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How did that come about that you're like, okay, you, you have a mobile living situation that allows you to be wherever. So that's obviously made your job easier. It has uh, up until recently, um, as people in here in Washington State, things have opened up a bit more. So I the demands of my position, I do need to be in the office more often. Um, but I do work remote half the time. And it's not going to be an issue when if we want to take the boat out um, for a long weekend, I can work remotely. Um, I had my company provided, you know, they provided hotspots for me and stuff like that. So the main thing is just making sure my responsibilities are handled. So that I mean, the fact that during the pandemic, my job went 100% remote. 
our entire company, like we weren't sure if we were going to make it or not. Um, and instead of crumbling, we had massive growth and, um, there's just a lot more flexibility, uh, available now that we've proven that even from home, we can continue to grow as a company. So I have no doubts that we're going to be able to all be able to work from the boat on long weekends and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's also just as nice. I have a demanding position. I'm a director at um, a sales company and you know, there's a lot of urgency in that type of job. And when it gets too much, I can just step outside and go look at the water. <laughs> I go sit on the dock, put my feet in the water, take a breath. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is real life. This is the world that in there is just a job. And then I'm able to get back to it again. But yes, it's, uh, it's been nice with, uh, I mean, it's not nice that we're in a pandemic, but it's been nice that it's allowed for our companies to adapt and to kind of give more trust back to their employees. And I think that's something over the past year and a half now, a lot of people have started looking at, you know, how their lives were compared to how they are now. And what do I want out of life? You know, now that everyone's kind of had to pause and, you know, take a step back and look at everything. So Short answer, yes, it's become uh, much easier to work and the boat life agrees with how my work setup is. Yeah, I think in the last year, for sure, a lot of priorities have shifted and also basically everybody see that look how easy it is to work remotely. I do not have to be there in person in the office, which is great for anybody who is looking to live more either like a travel-based or slow travel or nomadic lifestyle. So that is certainly one positive consequence from the pandemic. And I love what you said about having kind of a work-life balance in the sense that if work gets too crazy, just step outside, literally two steps up and just look where you are. It's like, okay, huh. <laughs> it's back, back to back to work. So just take a little breather. Uh, so that, that works out well. But I do want to ask about your internet connection because people can't see this, but we have really clear video as well, which is not often (laughs) it's not very common when I talk to people who live on their sailboat somewhere out and about so uh, what kind of internet setup do you have uh we we have a Comcast internet to the dock here at the marina so we are we are plugged in to the internet for now um and as our boat project come to be finished up we will be able to actually unplug and untie and, and take the boat out which we have yet to do but the internet connection was a, a, a key to her being able to work remotely. And uh, so we, yeah, we, we looked into it and the marina provided a couple of different options for internet access. And Comcast is one that we were used to, we're familiar with, we knew it's high quality. So we went with that option and they, they ran some cable out to our slip at the dock and uh, we plugged in and bam, high speed internet. <laughs> and uh, when we are sailing, we took our, our other boat out often like as much as we could and when we were sailing with that boat um we just hot spotted so let's talk about your current boat what was that transition like from a smaller boat to a bigger one yeah so our our first boat like i said was a newport 28 and it was a fantastic boat to learn on very easy to single hand uh sailed well you know not not so well that it was scary but well enough to to get the hang of it and we basically spent the first uh year to year and a half that we owned that boat going out as often as we possibly could uh, every weekend or every other weekend, even through the winter time. And it was a great, it was great being able to relieve the sense of cabin fever because everything else was shut down. We could still go to the marina 
and take the boat out because we didn't have to use any public facilities. We could just go straight to the boat, take it out for the weekend or for a day or for whatever, and uh, kind of hone our skills. You know, not that I would say I'm a skilled sailor by any stretch, but I'm, you know, we're working towards it. And once we, uh, once we got familiar with the idea and kind of addicted to that feeling of wind in the sails and that, you know, being able to just untie and go anywhere without using any fuel, we started exploring options for larger boats that we could potentially live on. And we shopped around for a long time, probably six months or more, you know, just keeping an eye on ads on, you know, all the, the usual channels, um, but uh, ended up seeing this particular boat on Craigslist again, <laughs> and it was listed uh, at one price for quite a while, a couple months I was watching it, and it was a little out of our price range, and it was a little bigger than we were looking for, um, just based on our skill level and comfort level, but uh, one day it was gone, the ad was gone, and we just, you know, I didn't think too much of it, it was, you know, a, a big boat. It wasn't really what we were looking for anyways. And then it popped back up a few weeks later uh, at a drastically reduced price. And at that point, I felt compelled to call up and see what the what the catch was. And with this particular boat, there, there was a catch. The previous owner had um, pulled a bunch of salt water into the engine block, and it had sat like that for a couple of years. So basically, the engine was completely toasted, the diesel engine was. And uh, that was part of the reason for the drastic price reduction. Plus, it had been sitting on the market for quite a while, and it was coming close to the end of the, the boating season. It was like August by the time we, we saw this. And uh, yeah, I made the call. Um, you know, the, the broker explained everything that was wrong with it. The price that was listed was the rock bottom, you know, sell it now price. And uh, Danielle and I came out and looked at it. She was blown away by the, you know, kind of spaciousness of this boat because it's a 47 footer, but it's also like really, it, you know, it's, it's, it's got a, a wide berth and it's roomy and comfortable. It's kind of built to be a comfortable live aboard. And uh, so she fell in love with that aspect of it. Um, you know, I fell in love with the fact that a, we could afford it and B, this could be our, our step into that, um, you know, sailing lifestyle and we could, uh, we could make the transition. So we, we put in an offer and it was accepted. And a couple of weeks later, we owned the boat. Wow, that's amazing. You guys are very lucky in your boat purchases. <laughs> and I've never actually even thought about looking at Craigslist or the Kijiji, which is here in Canada. I've just always gone to Yacht World. So maybe I'm missing out on whole whole market of boats that are out there. But was there uh, anything else uh, other than the engine? Was the boat in essentially saleable condition or livable condition or is there a lot more work to be done sort of long term or so there, there's a there's a laundry list of of small to medium to large projects that we've uh, been kind of slowly tackling over the last uh 10 months or so and uh we came into it knowing that it needed an engine so that was like the biggest project um which we are almost complete with um the engine the new engine is in the boat um, we are just waiting on um, our mechanic friend of ours is helping us, you know, connect all the dots, you know, the electrical and and uh, you know the plumbing of the diesel lines and the exhaust and all that kind of stuff. So those those dots still need to be connected, but the the big portion of it is done. It's in it's in the boat, which is which is huge. Um, but the other ones, 
the bathroom, but, the plumbing. Yeah, the, the plumbing was definitely an issue. Um, this boat had uh, what was called a electrosan system. So it's basically a, a system that sanitizes the waste with uh, um, an electric current mixed with salt water to basically rapidly break down and sanitize the waste before it exits the boat. So there's no actual holding tanks on the boat. And one of the, the stipulations for uh, this area that we're in and the marina that we're in is if you're living aboard, you have to have a functional holding tank system um, for the, the wastewater on the boat. So we had to basically replumb one of our bathrooms completely and install a holding tank system and that was a that was a big one that we had to do before we moved onto the boat. So we had like a two month window between when we bought the boat and when we were able to move aboard, based on the marina policy where we're at. And uh, that was that was one of the big ones that we had to do the prior to moving aboard. The fridge. Oh yeah, the fridge. <laughs> yeah, the we uh, we actually put uh, an almost full size refrigerator in here, which was uh, a process because the one that it. The boat came with it was original to the boat so it was you know 40 years old and in very rough shape kept things like you know kind of cool but not cold <laughs> and so we knew that was a, another big one that we had to do prior to moving aboard and so i had to do some uh some modification to the cabinetry that was that was holding the old fridge in order for it to be able to hold the new fridge which is substantially larger but uh yeah got got that one done as well yeah and we've uh Ryan installed a washer dryer unit just recently. Mm -hmm. um, we've had to fix the, what would you call the fireplace? It's like a- It's a, um, a diesel, diesel fireplace. Yeah, he had to fix that. The air conditioning, um, lights. Uh, yeah, lot, lots of little things that you don't necessarily think of when you're looking at the boat to say, I wanna buy this. Mm -hmm. um, but it's in much better shape than when we first moved on. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And you talked about sort of building experience sailing-wise and, and gaining that uh, confidence to go out. So once you do have engine and everything else essential as set, is your plan to sort of slowly branch out to the neighborhood, <laughs> to the neighboring areas, go north or go south in, in that area? Or Our plans for sailing, we uh, just to get used to the boat and the size of it, because it's just the two of us. I mean, it's our son, but you, obviously he's four. He's not going to be able to help. Initially, I think we want to go out to Lake Washington, Lake Union and Lake Washington, just to get a feel for the boat, how how it is in the water, you know, how it moves, because obviously we're used to a much smaller vessel on the water. Um, but we're also used to being in the Puget Sound most of the time. So 
we want to get used to this boat on calmer waters and then the plan would be you know go up to the salish sea go back to the ports we used to go to all the time um we'd eventually like to go up to bc once things are a little bit more open and then our five-year plan i think would be with this boat we would like to go down the west coast through the panama canal and then up the east coast we have family um in maryland uh and they have a boat too on the water i have family in florida so kind of do this huge long trip and um i'm not sure what we would do after that but that's that's our goal right now is to get to that point yeah exactly and that makes sense it's great that you have sort of a goal to be on the east coast and sort of a you know connection there so you can aim for that with uh, even though it's a you know five-year timeline but obviously you still have commitments uh with you know work and everything to your land life there so uh it's good to have this sort of goal in mind so that when the going gets tough with boat work and everything else that uh, you have something to aim for so you can dream of the uh, warmer waters uh, further south. <laughs> Absolutely. But I am curious though, now that you have lived on board for a year or so, even though it's been mostly in, in the marina, I'm wondering, is what brings you joy in this lifestyle? One thing uh, that I was surprised by, but I mean, not really when it comes down to it, our son Sky. He loves being on the boat. I love seeing how comfortable he is on the boat and around the water. I love that he's going to grow up learning this, you know, this skill and uh, that this is just normal for him. This is just his life. He gets to experience, I think, a bit more than some other kids his age due to getting to live on the sailboat. For me, I've always been drawn to the water. So if we take any kind of, you know, weekend trip, long weekend trip, I'm always asking to, to go to the ocean. So here, every single day that it's not raining out, as soon as I'm done with work, I'm outside with my feet in the water. I just, it's peaceful. That's been, that brings me joy. But also we have met a really amazing community here at this marina. And I've moved a lot in my life. As a child, I had, you know, we had some homes and neighborhoods that, you know, suburban life and you know all your neighbors and you do like the block parties and you know all the kids. And, you know, um, I hadn't experienced that again since childhood until we moved into this marina. This is the first place I've lived in, you know, since I was young that, I know all my neighbors. You can ask favors of them. They ask favors of you. Um, we have get-togethers. So that has been, a, you know, something that we did not expect. That's been a really nice part of this. And that's, I think, just in the boating community in general, you find that, you, you know, you make friends easily and everyone's looking out for each other. I mean, we had friends at the other marina we were at, too. But that's been a really nice surprise that we've encountered here with living here. And then on the flip side what would be a biggest challenge that you're facing or working through? Obviously, you know, getting the boat up and running properly is probably, you know, task number one, but have you faced any kind of challenges that you were kind of like, oh, I didn't think this was going to be a thing? I mean, I can say we moved onto the boat, it was October, I believe, last year. And yeah. so uh, we had stayed on the boat a few times before that, but um, I think one of the biggest challenges was, uh, I have two things here. One, Tearing down on your stuff. We've done it before, but when we did it previously, we put a lot of items in storage. And then after leaving them in storage for a few years, we realized, well, we don't need those things if they're still there. And so this time around, we really cleaned out. We have one one storage unit or two? Yeah, we have a 40-foot uh, shipping container, which we bought from someone here at the marina. And so we have that to store our, you know, our long-term storage is in like the back one-third of that container. And then the front third is kind of like workshop slash storage space for, you know, tools and, and, you know, bicycles and things like that. But so that's been, you know, 
reteaching myself, you know, you don't need that. You don't need that. If you want that, you need to get rid of something else. Um, that's been hard for me, uh, especially like I love books. And so I've had to like, if I want a new book, I have to think to myself, where is this going to go on the boat? Like, um, if I get new clothes, okay, what clothes am I getting rid of? Same with my son. I'm really bad at getting him toys. And so it's like, okay, now we need to go through your toys and which ones are you going to give away? But the other uh, challenge, I think that was more of a, a mental challenge was living through the winter without being able to leave the dock. And we got a lot of snow at one point this winter, and which that was actually fun. We just played in the marina, just that cold weather. And before we had our fireplace uh, fixed, we could use one space heater, I think, for the whole boat. It was miserable. Like, I didn't want to get up in the morning because I knew I was just going to be freezing. I didn't want to use the bathroom to shower or anything. Fixing the fireplace completely changed that. We were actually comfortable again on the boat. But, you know, it's Seattle. It rains a lot. It's dreary. It's dark early. Um, and for me, at that point in time, I was still working full-time remote, you know. So, and my son's with me half the day while I'm working remote. So, that was a challenge. Um, we've gotten through it now. So, we know we can get through it again. But the hope would be that this next winter, we actually can continue to go sailing um, when the weather's not too bad. So we're not just stuck in one spot for those months of grayness. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine winter in Pacific Northwest on a boat. It's uh, it's a lot to handle, especially with a small space heater on a 47-foot boat. So it will take a while before it warms up too, right? What about you, Ryan? You uh, Do you have any thing to add on onto these challenges i mean i so so for me i'm i'm not tied to the boat um uh, from a work standpoint so I, I leave the boat every day to go to work and even through the the shutdown um i still continued to uh you know work kind of business as usual so for me it wasn't as big of a challenge as it was for danielle so i would say yeah the the winter was definitely hard um figuring out um you know what systems need work, um, you know, what uh, yeah, the, the moisture, <laughs> moisture on a boat in the wintertime, because there's no insulation effectively in the boat, you know, like almost, almost none to speak of. And so figuring out, you know, how we were going to, you know, keep the moisture down, um, the fireplace helped immensely because it's a, it's a good, hot, dry heat. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been kind of a, a series of small challenges for me. So no, nothing as substantial as what Danielle has has mentioned, but it's just uh, it's all the little things that kind of add up. And when it's cold and wet outside, it just kind of drains you mentally anyways. So when you're leaving in the morning, it's dark. When you get home from you know a long day, it's dark. And now you still have projects to do. You still have something that needs to be fixed, something that needs to be done. And that was uh, that was draining for sure. Um, as the weather's gotten nicer, it's um, it changed drastically. You know, we've been uh, outside all the time, which is what we kind of prefer, anyways. Um, outside on the dock, you know, we've got the the paddle boards and the kayaks, so we kind of you know explore around the marina and around the the area that we're in. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a learning curve to determine what can. Um, what can we do to maintain our sanity <laughs> while being stuck to a dock, um, you know, during bad weather or, you know, maybe, you know, sickness, you know, getting colds and stuff like that, because, you know, Sky's four years old, he's in preschool and they're little Petri dishes at that point. And so when he gets sick, you know, Danielle usually gets sick. 
um, and everybody has to kind of lock down on the boat. And so we've experienced a handful of those issues because obviously right now you can't uh, can't do anything if you show any symptoms of of being sick. You can't go anywhere. So it's kind of like a, a you know a, a lockdown again, basically. But uh, so yeah, just a a lot of little things that kind of compound to create uh, a little more stress than I was used to. But uh, yeah, not uh, not not a whole you know n- n- nothing that's overwhelmingly negative for me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's good because you are planning to continue with the lifestyle. So I'm glad to hear that the positives outweigh the negatives. Um, I wanted to talk about your boats. Uh, I already like it because you mentioned you have a washing machine and a full-size fridge and a fireplace. <laughs> so, but what, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Uh, what do you like about your boat? What, basically, um, I, I think I can speak for both of us, the, the size of it. So when we were looking at boats, we were looking at like that kind of 36 to 42 foot range because that's something that I felt was was comfortable, um, you know, as far as being able to handle sailing uh, a vessel of that size. But now that we're living aboard, this boat is kind of the ideal size and layout to live aboard with a, with a small child and a dog and a cat. Um, I don't I couldn't imagine doing it on anything smaller. I know I know we could have. And we probably would have gotten used to that as well. But this is, uh, you know, it's a 47-foot catch-rigged uh, sailboat with full kitchen, two bathrooms, uh, you know, two bedrooms. And it, uh, it, it's a very comfortable space. So I'd say that's definitely a, a positive on the, the boat <laughs> end of the spectrum. And yeah, it's just, uh, for, for me, that's, that's one of the, the good things about the boat is, is the space. Yeah. I, yeah, I think the space, I love, I love our bedroom. Like, I just really like the layout of it. I I love every room in the boat. Uh, I think it's funny. People are usually shocked when they hear how many rooms we have on the boat. The the navigation station is my workstation, but I mean, we lucked out to have such a nice one. The only thing I don't like is that I don't have a bathtub. Honestly, that is the one thing that I miss really badly to the point where I'll make Ryan like get us an Airbnb every few months just so I could take a bath. <laughs> so yeah, that is that was going to be my next question. What do you not like on it? But before we get to that, just an anecdote on the uh, on the bathtub thing. I don't know if you follow this uh, a guy on YouTube. His channel is called Alluring Arctic. And he's a Finnish guy who sails in Norway, mostly. And uh, he just got a new boat, which is a bit of a monster. I forgot how big it is. I want to say it's, it's close to 50 feet, maybe. But it actually does have a bathtub in it. That, that, that's funny. I, I, <laughs> I follow him, and I, I definitely know what you're talking about. I've I've seen the pictures, and it's 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 a huge boat, and it is awesome that he has a bathtub. So, uh, w- one of our the the showers uh, the shower pan in our forward head has it's like a the shower wall is probably a foot tall. So for Sky, we can actually just kind of let the hot water run and let it let it fill up. And he gets to take a little bath sometimes, um, which which he enjoys and he likes playing in there. But it's not really adult friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, those are really good points. I always love hearing like what people actually appreciate about their boats because I talk to a lot of people with a lot of different kinds of boats. So it's always nice to hear what kind of things they, they appreciate in, in their boats. Um, since you do have now some experience living on board for about a year or so, even though it's mostly been marina bound, I am wondering whether you have any tips to give to somebody who is thinking about making the transition 
just the first steps to go from land to water, whether it's at a marina or off sailing? Tips, I think you need to know that you like being on the water. Like you need, like, it's not something you just want to all of a sudden be like, oh, you know what, I'll go live on a boat. Like you, you definitely should have time, a significant amount of time that you've spent on the water and know that you like the way that that feels, that you feel um, competent enough to take care of yourself and like one, just this tiny little thing that's funny that I don't notice anymore. Uh, our sister-in-law or my sister-in-law, his sister was on the boat yesterday and she was like, do you ever get used to the rocking? And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's one of the first things you get used to. Like you just are always balancing. It's not a big deal when you're cooking. You just pop the little catch off of the stove so it can balance with the, you know, the rocking and you need to know that you're comfortable in the water and then that's something you actually want because it is a huge transition moving from land to a boat, you know? And I mean, you need to like everything that comes with that. You don't have a yard anymore. You don't have privacy in a marina. Everyone can hear everyone. Like it's, everyone can see what you're doing. Um, obviously there's the, you know, the rule you don't like look into other people's boats, but like everyone can knows your business because you're in a small, you know, you guys are all in a small space together. I mean, that's my biggest tip is knowing that you actually like being on the water. Yeah, I, I would say mine probably is more on the end of the mentally preparing yourself to get rid of a lot of your possessions. And that's that's something that we've, we've had experience with uh, a few times now. But this last time when we, we, we didn't pull any punches, we got, I literally dropped off four full truckloads of just stuff, like nice stuff that was in our house that we didn't need anymore. And I dropped them off at uh, Goodwill to, to be donated. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people would have a hard time just, uh, you know, freely getting rid of, of their possess possessions. And we've, you know, obviously kept a lot of, you know, sentimental things and, you know, things that will, you know, tools and stuff like that that we need, you know, moving forward. But yeah, I think the, the mental load of getting rid of stuff, like leading up to it is, is stressful. And I think you need to mentally prepare yourself for that. I can honestly say, having done it a couple of times now, that it is extremely liberating to get rid of stuff. And even stuff that you think you shouldn't get rid of, or maybe not, if there's a doubt, don't hesitate. Get rid of it. You will feel better after the fact. And it feels really good to go from a whole house worth of things to, you know, essentially uh, a storage unit worth of things. Like there's, there's no getting around it. It's a, it's a lot to think about leading up to it. But after it's done with, it's it's incredibly relieving. Yeah, I think I heard a good thing just recently related to getting rid of stuff and then deciding what to keep and whatnot. And it was like, if it's not an immediate yes, you keep it. It's a no. <laughs> it's going to exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If, it, if it's something that you haven't seen or used, it's been in the closet or it's been in a drawer and you haven't used it in six months or a year, don't, don't hesitate. Just... <laughs> Just toss it, even if, you know, everyone has a bit of hesitation getting rid of perfectly good stuff, <laughs> but it's uh, it's something that has to be done. And if you really want to kind of jump into this lifestyle, you got to, you know, you got to jump into it and you got to bite the bullet, get rid of your stuff. Stuff can be replaced, but uh, the experiences you gain by living on a boat or living any kind of alternative housing lifestyle um, is well worth the, you know, the stress that you might have in paring down. I think the last tip I would have is to learn to have more patience because everything is more difficult to do on the boat. In my opinion, I don't have a dishwasher anymore. That's totally fine. I hand wash my dishes every single day, but like that takes time, time that I didn't use to spend doing that or, you know, having a dog on the boat. Um, 
due to how steep our companionway ladder is, have to carry him, you know, we have to carry him out and, you know, we have to take him. He doesn't, he can't just go to the bathroom right outside the boat, you know, like it used to be at the house. You have to take him on a walk to go get him to where he needs to be. Things like that, like groceries. Dear Lord, I cannot stand doing groceries anymore. Um, we live at the end of the dock, so it's it's a little bit of a walk and, you know, get your wheelbarrow and just bags of groceries. It's heavy. You have to get them all up onto the boat, down into the boat, and then you need to play Tetris in the kitchen for an hour afterwards, trying to get rid of leftovers and stuff that you don't need and then find spots for everything else. And having a child who goes, you know, he goes to preschool, I have to buy, like, just think about that and where can I put all the snacks? So patience is a big thing that you have to learn to have. And it's just this thing where you take a deep breath and you're like, let it out and be like, okay, it has to get done. So just do it. And, um, and Danielle is much better at that than I am. I, she, she has much more patience for that kind of, uh, you know, tedious, meticulous uh, type of stuff than I do. I'm, I'm more of a, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I get frustrated easily when things aren't going or fitting or doing the, you know, how I, how I expect it to. So I've, I've had to learn to really kind of do the same thing, take a breath, relax. It's not that critical. This doesn't have to happen right this second. So it's, it's been a bit of, of a, lear a learning curve for me to, uh, to learn that patience. And I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a, at the level that she is yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. In my mind, everything takes, is, there's, it takes more effort to accomplish the things that were easy chores when I lived in the house. Um, but that's just part of the lifestyle here. So you know what? I, I've made it fun. I mean, when I have to do those things, I just put on a podcast. You know, so that's that's how I've made it fun or, you know, listen to music or something. And then I feel like it's kind of my time as well. I'm doing something that I want to do and then something I have to do. And it helps me stay in a good state of mind. Oh, well, that's a really good tip and, and really good way to look at it as well. And uh, coincidentally, you've just answered my next question, which would have been about like what kind of skills you wish you had or you've developed or uh, something along those lines. But it sounds like patience and organization skills are pretty high on the list when you want to be a liveaboard sailor. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Well, Danielle and Ryan, this has been absolutely wonderful to chat with you. Thank you so much again for taking the time. And can you share where can people come and connect with you and, and follow along on your uh, adventure? Um, so, so far we are documenting our, uh, I, I, I don't know if you would call it an adventure, but yeah, just our, our you know daily happenings on Instagram. And we've just recently started uh, posting just in the last few months, but uh, our Instagram is svbangarang and people can definitely pop by, you know, and, and have a look at what's going on. And I, I try to keep up on, on posts, you know, every, every couple of days, but uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a new thing for us as well to, to document the, the, the lifestyle or document our lifestyle. Um, so we're uh, kind of slowly stepping into it. Um, we have a yeah. website and everything, but we just have to find time to. Yeah, it's, it's to everything else is a, is a work in progress. But for now, Instagram is, is where we kind of keep everyone posted. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this chat with Danielle and Ryan. Next week will be the second to last interview of season two. And we'll head to Mexico, but this time with a European perspective. In the meantime, you can come say hi on Instagram or Facebook, where you'll find me as a Liverpool Sailing Podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye for now.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.